the diamond I realized the empathy museum presents a mile in my shoes so I have a pair of size 7 running trainers and they could be a cross trainer though but they are lurid metallic aqua with yellow and silver sort of crushes and slashes on them you would really be noticed wearing these the underneath of the shoes almost like a sort of dinosaur skin it's so contoured and tough and ready for action you could run around the world in these trainers these shoes belong to Amajit. this is her story My name is Amajit. I live in Dalston and it's very fashionable area now, but it never used to be when I came first. I was born in Peshawar in British India. I came to England when I was 14 and I am more than 70 years old now. And now what I do now, I write poetry and I perform once a month in poetry and I write poetry in English and Punjabi and I do paintings. Monday and Tuesday I look after my grandchildren. Wednesday I go rehearsal for drama. Friday I teach yoga. Saturday, Sunday I go to Gurdwara and run the libraries. Thursday is my weekend. 1947, it was decided that there should be two countries in a partition of India, isn't it? There, so there was two countries made, Pakistan and India. So the, all the people who were not Muslims, they have to leave the Pakistan. So the Punjab was divided. We were Sikhs, so we have to leave the Pakistan side. So my grandfather refused to leave. He said, no, that's not possible. Never heard in the, my life people leave their homes. So my grandfather decided he's going to send me and my mom to the other side. So my grandfather in Peshawar, he didn't, we didn't see again. So I think he was uh, died. But my mom says the Salvation Army's people say that he just died for natural causes. <laughs> so... So my father went, uh, he, he was in Shimla, so we went to Shimla. That was the capital of uh, Punjab in uh, India. So my father came to England in the 50s. And my mum says, your father's always keep on running away from me. I have to go and look for him again. So in uh, six, seven years, my father was here before we came to England in 62. I didn't speak much English, but uh, I went to grammar school. The school blazer was very expensive. My father looked at it, he said, I'm not paying eight pounds or 20 pounds, whatever it is, not paying that. So he goes in the market, he buys same, similar colour, and then he says to me, why don't you get the badge? I got the badge, he sew it up and put it on and go there. And I was the only non-white, not speaking English girl in the school, and I have my blazes, everybody can see it. Those times the women didn't wear the trousers, they have to wear a skirt. And uh, so uh, they all shaved the legs and I refused. 
They said, no, if I don't shave the legs, uh, I won't get a boyfriend. I said to them, why you women have to shave large part of their body just to get a boyfriend? So I was really naughty because what I do is I wear my miniest possible skirt and I put my legs in front of that. <laughs> because, I, because I was 14 when I came, I wasn't brainwashed doing these things and I could not understand, really couldn't understand my legs are functioning. Why I have to do these things and why these women's doing it? But they think we are backward. This woman uh, won't talk to me in the shopping centre. I said, why you don't talk to me? Just don't say hello. She said, oh, no, I can't talk to you. An Indian girl, we don't want to be seen talking to you. I said, yes. I said, my ancestors never kept slaves. It, it was strange, isn't it? And I don't think it's there to blame. It's, it's a question of socialisation. I think it's, it's, the main thing is the dividing people and uh, it's easy to control them. My partner was English. He's a white Cockney man. I, I, I looked at the institution of marriage. I said, oh, no, no, no. Husband means the who keeps cattle and chattels and whatever, husbandry. Don't want husband. Oh, no, no, no. And uh, I mean, in the, they, what do they call it? They call the man with a lot of money is the master. Is master. Who wants the master? <laughs> when uh, you want to leave, you leave, but don't make my life difficult. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> my partner and I were together 12 years. He was the father of my children. <laughs> and he was a nice man. He have not treated me. Or, I mean, you know, I wouldn't stay with if somebody treated me badly. It was a very bad years. My mother died of cancer, which I looked after for four or five years. And uh, Michael's father died. And... Uh, there's few bad things happen in the same time, so I think it's a strain on uh, relationships. So when he left, I said, uh, I give my six months, see, and then after six months, I thought life is much better without man. I don't want it. <laughs> Prison with the hard labor, that's marriage is about. You have to cook, you get another person to look after, <laughs> cook, clean, and this. And I thought we create a little uh, prison. And we, when you create a prison and you in safe inside that prison. But I think I come from the whole family of feminists. My mothers and grandmothers. My great-grandmothers opened a school for women. I was shocked here they're treating women badly. I was... I was uh, uh, I wasn't aware of that. I thought uh, women are equal. I was always treated equal in the family. We haven't thought about... Uh, I didn't know the word feminism, but I think I have a right. But when I start working, because I was employed as an engineer in, for Dunlop, and uh, they sent me a letter saying, after three months, this is my wage is going to be. But after three months, they weren't giving me that. So I went to the personnel. I said, I'm not getting that. He said, no. It's the policy of our companies only give women 75% of the salary of the man. And the only reason you got this letter because they never ever employed a woman as an engineer. So that's why you got this master letter. I said, look. Are you asking me to do only 75% of the work with the men do? 
I said, I'm much more educated than all the men. I had a master's degree in technology. And though people went apprenticeship and things, I had a degree in physics. And uh, he's got a bit upset about it. He said, you should be pleased that we offered, offer you the job. We weren't giving you the job. I thought, I'm going to get a legal advice. But uh, I was so upset. I thought, you have a policies. I know in India they might discriminate against women, but they don't have a written policy to do it. I think that's the, when I really realized it's institutionalized. I came in Hackney in uh, 78. The only reason I remember that, because my son was born in 78. And we live in the council flat, but I really loved it because people were quite liberal and people were prepared to hear, and there was a lot of black people. Then I worked a few years in Dunlop. My career wasn't going up, so I was advised it'd be better for me to go to academia than stay engineers because I'd be never accepted as an engineer because most of the decisions are made in the pub. Single women weren't allowed to go to the pub unless they're prostitute. You have to have a male companion. So I thought that's all right. But very early in my Manava University, I realized the glass ceiling is very low for women. So instead of doing um, one job, I will do many different jobs, so which is enriches my life. I was doing PhD in uh, pressure sensitive adhesives. That's what you call a sellotape, because you didn't have a sellotape that time. And then there was a job going in the libraries, because in the Hackney libraries, they did not have any non-white people. They also never used to have books about gay and lesbian and this. There was a large, there's a big minority of uh, black people and mainly Caribbean. And there were not any services, they were not represented in any of the services like uh, social workers or libraries or the school teacher, the assistants or what. And then I realized it's the most, one of the most powerful job being a librarian. I have a library in the Gurdwara, and I really enjoy it. We have English books, and we have uh, Punjabi books, and we have books in other languages, but we also got uh, religious books, which we put on the top, because it's respectful. And uh, children comes, and we read the books, and uh, I can see the some of the children's really, really, you go to private school and do the really can read, and the others can't, so we get them to children to work together, little babies come, and I have uh, some of the babies, want, uh, mothers want to breastfeed the children, uh, babies, so I put a little spot for them on there. And on Thursday, they have a knitting club, they knit, and then they give to Greater Ormond Hospital. The, and it's good for the older not to get arthritis of fingers. And I never, ever, ever want to miss my library. I'm really... It's like... A, I love it. It's my comfort zone. So my grandson, when I go, I stay in their home on um, a Monday night and he sleeps with me and uh, we have a long chat about things. It's, your own children usually don't listen to you and the grandchildren listen to you. I want them to be a little rebellious, not uh, accepting orders from uh, there and... Uh, People said to me, then when I go to the library in the uh, in the Gurdwara and women comes and they said to me, 
my son, uh, you know, that he goes to the um, school and the teacher wants to know why doesn't he cut his hair. I said, he was born with a long hair, he didn't do anything. They have to, they have to find the answer why they cut the hair. Rebel, uh, rebelliousness is uh, when the people in the power tell you this is this thing is what they decided is good for you, and you know it's not, and then you have to speak out. Sometimes it's very difficult to speak out. You have to have a strategy and how to speak out. But you should be rebel inside. When you know inside what is right and what is wrong and then uh, it doesn't damage you. Amajit's story was produced by Carla Marie Sweet. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we're going next.